This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll Everybody knows that when the Jews were persecuted in the Soviet Union, many of them were either killed or sent to Siberia simply for being a Jew. And amongst the Chabad Hasidim at the time, the followers of Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson, the sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe, there was a joke that if you hadn't gone to Siberia once, you weren't really a Hasid. If you'd gone twice, then you were the real thing. But if you'd been to Siberia three times, then you're just showing off. And one of those Chabad Hasidim that ended up in the Gulag in Siberia was Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Gerovitz. He was accused of being an anti-revolutionary, a capitalist, and after a 10-minute trial, sentenced to seven years in Siberia. The rabbi didn't even know that the police were even watching him. In the Soviet Union, they used to say there were two types of people those who were in jail, and those who were going to be. And being a chassid of the previous Rebbe, it didn't look good the moment that Rabbi Gerovitz was arrested. As far as the Soviets were concerned, the Rebbe was known to be a troublemaker and was willing to do anything and risk everything in order to educate Jewish children. Getting caught in those days and being imprisoned in Siberia was sort of a death sentence for most people it was. And now, Rabbi Gerovitz was on his way to a concentration camp in Siberia. Being a chassid, he knew that no matter what, ki besimcha teitzeu, a person that's positive and happy, the joy can take a person out of their hardships. And so he decided as much as he possibly could to stay positive and happy all the time. He was brought into the prison camp, shown his barracks. They were so disgusting. He didn't even think that a human being could live there. And the guards told him tomorrow morning he would be assigned a job and he would prove that he was a productive Soviet citizen and not a parasite like he had been. He was told by friends that if he was asked if he had a skill, that if he said that he didn't have a skill, they would give him hard labor and his chances of surviving were very small. So when he was asked by the guards if he had a skill, he said yes, he was a tailor. He lied. He didn't know anything about being a tailor, but his mother had a sewing machine at home. And he'd seen her work on the sewing machine. He figured how hard could it be? So they took him to a huge factory where they were making wallets for soldiers. Put him down in front of a sewing machine, gave him some large stacks of leather cut in different sizes. They showed him how to make the wallet and then let him go to do his job. Now, Rabbi Gerovitz would have happily started making a wallet. The only problem was that at that moment it was Shabbos. And even though a person is allowed to do certain things on Shabbos, one thing that they're definitely not allowed to do is to sew. It's one of the 39 forbidden transgressions on Shabbos. So he sat in the chair in front of the sewing machine, and he kind of looked at it. He knew that, according to Halacha, he couldn't even touch it. So he didn't know what to do. If he didn't work, they might kill him. But if he did, he'd be breaking Shabbos. He didn't know what to do, so he just sat there for a few minutes. And then 
He saw that everyone else was working furiously and very busy, and before the foreman came around and noticed that he was doing nothing, he went to the toilet and stayed there for an entire hour. Afterwards, he walked around and then sat down in front of his sewing machine. He rubbed his hands, stretched for a few minutes. He was about to start working, and then he got up and went to the bathroom again. But on the way to the bathroom, he noticed there was a room filled with beds. It was the place where people could go if they were exhausted in the afternoon and they needed a little break. So after he left the toilet, he went straight into that room, crawled into a bed, and put the blanket over him, hoping that no one would see him. There was another problem, though. It was the middle of the summer, and it was boiling outside, and the factory made it even hotter. And this was a heavy-duty winter blanket. Thick wool. He could hardly breathe under it. But at least he said to himself, I'm honoring the Shabbos. And so the whole day he stayed there under the blanket, trying not to even move, only hoping that nobody would notice that he was missing. And it seemed like nobody had noticed that he was missing. However, the next day, when he came into the factory, there was a board with everyone's name on it and how many wallets they had produced. And next to his name was a big fat zero. So the next day, two huge guards showed up and took him in front of some judges there in the camp for being sentenced. He stood there quite scared. He didn't know what to do. And then to his shock and surprise, one of the judges started speaking with him in Yiddish. And the Jewish judge said to him, what are you doing such stupid things for? You realize you could get 10 more years in Siberia for not working. Why aren't you working for Mother Russia? Rabbi Gervitz, he said, Your Honor, I'm sorry. It was Shabbos and I couldn't work on Shabbos. And the Jewish judge says to him in Yiddish, but it was possible. I know the halacha. If you're going to be killed for not working, so then you're allowed to work on Shabbos. The rabbi said, It could be, Your Honor, but I'm not looking for leniencies. I'm a Jew and Jews don't work on Shabbos. And if that means that I'm going to spend 10 more years in Siberia, I'll have to accept it. But one thing I can tell you, is I'm not going to break Shabbos. And the judges stared at the rabbi for a few minutes. Then they turned to one another, and they started whispering. They'd look over at the rabbi, and then whisper amongst themselves again. And the rabbi was expecting the worst. But he tried to stay optimistic and happy, which was the decision that he had made. That because of joy, you'll be pulled out from your troubles. And he said, you know, maybe Hashem can make a miracle happen for him. And he imagined that the judges were discussing what's the worst work they could possibly give him and how many years they would add to his sentence. And then one of the other judges says in Russian, Okay, Gorovitz, listen up. We have a storehouse where all the leather is kept. Do you understand? And the rabbi shrugged his shoulders and he said, Yes, but what does that have to do with me? And the judge continues in Russian. He said, Well... The leather is a very valuable commodity here in Russia. And we have a little problem. We haven't found a way to stop people from stealing the leather. It doesn't matter who we put in charge of the leather. It gets stolen, and the guard takes the leather also. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Instead of guarding the leather, everyone who's put in charge of it steals the leather. And now the Jewish judge continued speaking. And he said, Comrade Gerovitz. We see that you are a man of principle. If you're willing to risk your life for not breaking Shabbos, 
then maybe you won't steal so much leather. Do you understand? And the rabbi shook his head and he said, I never stole anything in my life. And the judges thought that was the funniest thing. <laughs> you never, st- you know, no, they couldn't even get out a word. You never stole anything in your life. That's what everyone here in this prison says. That's what the previous guards also said. <laughs> you never stole. But we see that you are different than the others because you did keep Shabbos. So we know you're going to steal something, but you're probably not going to steal as much as the other people did. And so they put him in charge of the leather. And not only did he not have any problems keeping Shabbos from that point on, but all day long he was able to sit there and learn Torah. And he even had the ability to bribe some of the guards and help his fellow Jews whenever he could until he served out his full seven years in Siberia. And he was let out and able to move to Eretz Yisrael, to the land of Israel. And some people might think that it was Rabbi Gurovitz who kept Shabbos, But the truth is that Shabbos kept Rabbi Gerowitz safe. And because of his attitude of being besimcha, joyous always, even in the gulag in Siberia and Russia, it was because of his simcha that he was able to get through and not only survive, but to thrive. (laughs) 